Welcome back. It is a day later, I think. Um, it's a couple days, actually. Hey, shh. hey. <laughs> this is a day later for the listener. Fair. We are uh, going to continue Form Thief. Maybe finish it. Let's hope so. Yep. <laughs> this is a very long game. <laughs> All right. I mean, then again, we are also taking the time to sticker like absolutely everything. Uh, um, uh, no, shut up. <laughs> not my fault it's your fault right okay um you and dog stand in your bedroom it's got kind of a moody purple ambience going for it the smell of paints fill the air uh dog wags ready to resume the adventure all right um so i guess we're just gonna go back into the living room and leave the house yep um where should we go next uh we need to go to the uh to the house of that one ch- one uh, councilman. Mm, right, we got the key, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, we got the key for pleasure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the key for pleasure. Okay, let's... Uh, okay, I clicked all the things. We are now at the house. Um, you and Doc stand in the lodge foyer. Foyer? Did you say that? Yeah, foyer. Yep. Of city council member Lavender's house. The smell of cinnamon fills the air. Um, I let's guess go around look first. around, yep. Yeah. Large lavender tapestries hang from the walls, and lavender carpets lead up to the nearby staircase. The breadth of the foyer is outfitted in an aviary, with pleasant places for birds to perch and numerous dispensers for bird seeds. What does this have to do with bread? What? Bread? What bread? Oh, bread. (laughs) As in, like, like the... the I don't know the exact word for meaning of breadth but basically there's there's an aviary all around the foyer what does it have to do with bread that that's what does it have to do with bread i like bread nothing to do with bread it literally says bread moving on (laughs) to the west double doors lead to out to maryburg park overhead hangs a large elaborate chandelier Oh, I wanna, I wanna stick at the chandelier. Can we do it? Oh, it's just a whole lot of stickers of le- statues. Where would of you lavender. like to place a sticker? Just all <laughs> statues of lavender. Um, so, do we just stick them all? Yep. So I have a, a bestiality sticker on the statue of lavender. Mwahaha. Evil, evil. This is the second one. Okay, this one Mwe- says the same thing, is- but mwahaha. <laughs> yeah, is it all just going to be different variations of of uh, kek Oh my god, they're all the same text. Just Mew. Mew. That's how I laugh. Um, sure. Let's stick at the next one as well. Bahaha. No, that's boo hoo hoo. Come on, Brad. No, it was b u h b u h. Yeah, boo hoo hoo. That's how you say that. No, that would be B O O. You're obviously yeah. not German. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's beheha or nehaha. <laughs> yeah, neheha. That's how you. That's how you laugh. And wee hee hee. Wee hee hee is a good one. Like wee hee hee. 
ho ho ho. Oh. He he he. Well, that's he he he. Come on. You have to read it right. And then finally, ha ha ha. This is not the final one. Now comes the oh. final one. Oh, there you go. He hi ho. That's he he ho. Come on. Anyway, uh, ca- let's let's capture the bird soul. Let's let's okay. do that. Um, you and Dog approach the center of the aviary and get to work. Dog summons the effigy of Ill. You pick it up and place it on a branch-shaped perch, posing it up along with a dish of bird seed before her and a mirror to look at herself in. As you work, Dog creates an aura in the air that blurs and darkens things, but keeps objects in, sp- in place. A skill of hers that has been to your assistance during the creation of many a delicate sculpture. Your surgeon-like skills in turn have proved very helpful to many of Dog's goings-on. Um, when all on the purge is balanced, an aura of solid darkness reaches into the air and blotches and smears before Dog's black eyes. Growing first, slowly and then quickly, until it has engulfed the effigy and then you. Alright. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, fancy font. Aviary. No, you have to read it British now. You tilt your head head around towards the mirror, looking from many angles at the gleam of your silver back. Sure, it's an accent. It it very much is. Mm -hmm. And the vividness of your red feathers. You tilt your head down towards the seed dish and pluck the most filling one out. After bastardly, uh, hastily, sorry. Hastily? Come on. Look, with this font, it looks like a bee. Oh, come on. Hastily swallowing, you tilt your head towards the mirror again to indulge yourself some more in looking at your reflection. I didn't know every British person is the queen. Look, I'm trying. I'm doing my best. Would you like <laughs> to do it instead? No, I don't. Looming nearby, the sn- loving titan cues your name. Hi, ill, ill, ill. Hi, ill, ill. <laughs> after only a brief moment, or after, or ugh, okay, after only a brief few moments of hesitation, you turn yourself away from the bird in the mirror and look into. In, fuck! Why am I why am I stumbling over myself? And look at the loving <laughs> titan. Come on. Capture the bird soul. There you Let's go. capture the bird soul. Um, you and Dog stand in the lodge for your city council member Lavender's house. The smell of cinnamon fills the air. It says that again. Oh, oh, we are the bird now. Yeah, we can now fly up to the chandelier. Let's fly up to the chandelier. Has a little bird emoji next to the prompt. <laughs> With a tremendous and exuberant beating of your wings against the air, you fly up to the heights of the chandelier. Um, many birds have stuck various treasures and goodies up here. There's a piece of fortune paper up here. There's a dog snack up here, and there are some stickers up here. Obviously, we'll take the sticks <coughs> first. Yeah. Um, with your talons, you casually push the stickers off of the chandelier. They fall down. You hear them do a heavy smack on the ground below. All right, let's knock down the the dog snack for dog. Right. Oh, shit, I, I clicked on the wrong one. Knock oh, down the, the fortune, fortune paper. paper. <laughs> with your cool beak, you push the fortune paper off of the chandelier. It falls down. You hear it lightly smack the ground below. You know, fortune... Uh, you know, beaks are great. They are indeed cool. Yeah. Now we can knock down the dog snack. You grab the dog snack in your beak and toss it off the chandelier. It falls down. You hear it do a dry clatter on the dr- ground below. Ooh, examine pretty treasure. Sure, let's click that. You look at a strange shiny piece of glass. It resembles a small pinpoint of starlight. Okay, that's all. 
Uh, let's write down again. <laughs> Just doing an O shiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's pick up the things. Let's take the fortune paper first. All right, let's see you here. Take the fortune paper. Okay. Great. That's it. We can, can we look at the look at it in the uh, imagery? Yeah, we can do that in a second. But let's let's right. take the dog snack. You take the dog snack. Dog looks at up at you with happy anticipation. You tosses a dog snack to dog, and she jumps up and catches it and chews it up. After licking her lips, dog wigs and stares up at you innocently, as though promising that she didn't do all of the bird bird form stuff just because she smelled a dog snack up there and wanted it. You're ninety nine point nine 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 percent or believe her. What what she is promising is probably probably true. Probably not, but you know, dogs. Oh, let's take yeah. the stickers. You take the let's get naughty stickers. Nice. Right. Um okay, let's let's check the inventory then. Um but no, we cannot examine the what's it called? The fortune, fortune paper. paper. We yeah. we won't, we don't get to head no our fortune. Okay. Alright, well. Um do we just leave, I guess. I, I think so, yeah. Wanna go back to the pub? Oh. As you return to the center of Mirabook Park after exiting the city council member's Lavender's house, Dog does a big run and a loop around the, par- around the park's yard, looking empathetically in various directions, as though to pronounce empathetically in various directions, as though to pronounce "Yay! This bird form will be great for getting up to the hover RV above us, where the next animal soul fragment is." Which is extra good because the animal soul fragment up there is from a robot, the strongest <laughs> animal. Propaganda. Which will be very useful when braving whatever's through the evil ghost portal at the south end of this yard. So he he put in a bird for you, and now it's a robot for me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Um, okay, there are three options now: portal question mark, hover RV question mark, and robot question mark. Uh, do you do I click robot? Please. Okay, I'm clicking robot. <clears throat> Dog barks impatiently as though to say, yes, you are listening. There are three soul fragments that the ghost left behind. You got the first one. Now the next nearest one is a robot soul fragment in the hover ta- hover RV. But I'm not a bird, Brass. Well, one of your sonas is. Yeah, one of them, but currently my main sona is a fox. Yeah. There has to be a fox or I will eat everybody up. Although, the, I mean, there you were able to be a fox. Hawks when creating the character. Yeah, but that's not the same thing. Yeah. Uh, portal question mark. Doc's expression turns to concern as she looks at you, as though to say, oh no, I forgot your third eye is very weak. Doc then turns to face south and points, you turn south as well, following her directions. Now that you're looking in the right direction, Doc carefully magically hovers over to your face and licks your eyeballs. Oh. To the south, a large swelling red opaque portal looms over the park. Dog returns to the ground and carefully kisses your hand. I thought to say, I'm glad you see it now. The ghost who stole all of the animals came and fled through that portal, but it is currently deactivated. If we could find the three animal soul fragments, I could use them to triangulate where he went and reopen the gate. Alright, I guess now the only thing left is the hover RV. What does RV mean? A recreational vehicle, basically a a, a caravan. Ah, huh. Dog looks up into the sky. You look up as well. Hovering in place over Maryburg Park is 
is the town drunk Pete's hover RV. Huh. He, I feel like the town drunk having a hover RV is a terrible idea. Wait, the wasn't mayor... an RV a remote-controlled vehicle? Oh, that no, was an RC. RC. Yeah. Uh. The mayor and the city council alike have made pleas to him to leave the hover RV parked, but more often than not, the air vehicle can be spotted somewhere over Maryburg. All right, Let's so fly get... up to the hover RV then. Yep. I can do that. In the form of a bird, you flap your wings and fly out to the front porch of the hover RV owned by Tom, uh, town drunk Pete. Using her own magic, dog hovers after you. Um, upon landing, you reassume your humanoid form. Okay, we are now at the hover RP, uh, RV porch. Um, you and dog stand on the porch of town drunk Pete's hover RV. The smell of discarded light beer cans fills the air. Uh, look okay. around, I guess. The hover RV floats high above Mirrorburg. The only nearby object is th- that is higher th- is the signal tower to the northeast. There is a little noise up here, say- or there is little noise up here, save for the droning hum of the bug zapper that can be heard somewhere nearby. Pete sits in a fold-out chair at the west end of the porch. To the north is the open front door into the hover RV's living room. Below is Mirrorburg Park. All right, we can talk to Pete, or we can look around, <laughs> yeah, let's or talk enter to him first. into the RV. Yeah. Um, you take a seat in the extra fold-out chair beside town drunk Pete. Dog comes and sits nearby you, facing Pete. Um, sure, let's ask about robot. <laughs> Pete mumbles something and glances away. The robot seems to be a very sensitive topic right now. He may be, he may have to be warmed up with other conversations. Um, sure, let's ask about the weather. <clears throat> Pete glances left and right at the clear air around the hover RV. Weather seems decent as far as I can see, he says, and then chuckles a bit, a little bit to himself. Then on the last chuckle, turns and projectile vomits off the edge of the porch. <laughs> Down below, a voice can be faintly heard saying, Oh, man! Oh, my <laughs> hat! Amazing. Town drunk Pete. He has a sip of his beer, then glances around at the ground around himself, reaches down beside his chair, and picks up a trucker hat that has an image of a sexy lioness on the front. He, he looks at it for a moment fondly, then tosses it over the edge of the porch. Down below, a voice can be faintly heard saying, Oh boy, a hat! <laughs> Town drunk Pete appears 33.333% warmed up to the conversation. Um, ask one divided by zero. <laughs> sure, that's ask one divided by zero. Uh, one, he answers. I have one apple, and then I try to cut it into pieces. Using that as my tool, the absence of a thing, I'm still going to have an apple. Uh, because I didn't end up doing anything. One divided by zero is one. That checks out to you. He is completely right, actually. Maybe a genius, even. You're glad he is so smart, even while he is so intoxicated. You have a sip of your beer. Town drunk Pete appears 9696 that's oh, shit, I'm the other way around. Sorry! I'm German! In Germany, it's all spinned around. Right, um, right. It is! You know that, right? Uh, yes, of course. The six and nine are swapped in German, of course. No. The way you say um, big numbers, like 60. Like if uh, you, right. Oh, you, yeah. You know that, right? Like Instead of yeah. 67, it's, it's seven and 60. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird, but <laughs> <laughs> it is weird. Town drunk Pete appears. 
69.69% warmed up to conversation and is ready for some advanced conversational topics. SP's pronouns. Our own pronouns. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right. Oh, he, him is still fine. I need to do the drunk voice. Oh, he, him is still fine. Town drunk Mm -hmm, Pete mm -hmm. says and then sighs a little bit. You ask if there's more in his mind. He cracks his neck and leans back in the chair. I don't know. The whole gender identity thing is kind of a work in progress. Ever since being on the thought, there are times where I feel more like a lioness and times where I feel more like a lion. I'm still more or less the, in the observing and note-taking phase of getting to the bottom of it. He shrugs and sips his beer. Town drunk Pete is as conversationally prepped as you're going to get. Ask about the robot. <laughs> okay, I will. Um, but you will read his dialogue. All Tom right. suddenly bares his teeth and roars. He huck- and hucks his beer can down at the porch in front of himself. Dog bares her teeth in the same instant. The dog haze appearing around her and you. Um, the beer can, half its contents still inside, skids and rolls until it falls off the edge of the porch. Down to the park below, leaving a small splatter of foam on the porch. Pete begins to speak, but Dog, still baring her teeth, shoots a bolt of darkness at his head. He's silent for a moment, then eyes black, he speaks in a droning monotone. Four years, one month, and nine days ago, I was unthawed from a cryogenic storage. Over the course of the next two weeks, I finished building a robot that I had begun building before going under. His designation is Zeta-6-6-blue. I call him Zix. He and I are two incomplete halves making one whole. We are, so to, so to speak, both just scraps of our true era that is now gone to time. He was stolen earlier today by the strange forces of this new modern world that I don't understand. Ghosts? Real ghosts? He stops speaking as the black blackness leaves his eyes. Dog shoots him with another black bolt, and he begins again. There are photographs of him in the living room inside. He likes to drink robot juice. <laughs> hey, we already <laughs> bought one of those. Oh, yeah. A type of oil available at the saloon. He would appear to get very happy when in a particular song by the num- number of 62-5022-50544-7-44-7 would be played on the radio, and we would stop whatever we were doing to have a dance party. Maybe we should start voicing specific characters. Yeah. Anyway, Dog goes to the cooler beside Pete, grabs another beer out of the ice with her teeth, and set it, sets it in his fold-out chair's cup holder. Dog then returns to your side and continues to glare at Pete, as though to say to you, There, that's what we needed. He'll be fine in a few seconds if you care. But we can go now at any time. You go to give a dog a calming pet. You, det- you retract your hand when Dog growls at you, as though to say, No, if he's going to be belligerent around you, fuck him. I'll keep up appearances, more or less. You still want to be friendly towards him, but he is on my shit list indefinitely. What do you do? Uh, he threw the beer can and started yelling. Oh, he did do that? Didn't yeah. Realize that. Anyway, um, the darkness leaves Pete's eyes. He glances around and seems to notice you and Dog for the first time. But he plays it off like he remembers all of what led up to this and doesn't say anything. 
He goes to sip his beer and has some confusion over the fact that it's not open. He lowers the beer, opens the beer, and then sips the beer successfully. We can ask hey, him more do questions do that? if you want to. Right. Uh, we asked about the robot, uh, and he got angry about what happened. Stupid. I mean, he's either, stupid. Uh, right, we can either ask ask him more questions, or we can just leave. Let's not. Oh, oh let's ask <laughs> well, him where his pants are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's your turn. Town drunk Pete looks down at his naked lap. Oh, yeah, those. Threw him overboard uh, this morning? Last morning? So- sometime recently. It was very important, according to what the margaritas were telling me. Town drunk Pete then snickers and has a sip of his beer. Nudity isn't a crime or anything. It just did seem like a bold fashion choice. Um, ask Pete very probing and detailed questions about his pleasurephilia and the harm of stuffed toys that he has amassed to bang and does bang frequently. Um, sure, it's... Town Drunk Pete appears to suddenly get very flustered and stammers, Shit. Oh, yeah. Do you really want to... Oh, you, you scrolled away. Where, where did... All right, there it is. Do you really want to know about all that? <laughs> you tell him yes. You do want to know a lot about how sexually aroused he is by the stuffed animals he routinely has sexual intercourse with. He gives you the rundown of the name, personality, and kinks of every one of his plushies, counting them off, off, uh, off on his fingers, both hands, and then having to repeat fingers. It takes a very long time, but you are now very thoroughly informed about what makes town drunk Pete hot and bothered. It's also clear that he is very caring and considerate towards his plushies, like a big part of it for him is making sure that their needs are taken care of. So that's pretty cool. You and Town Drunk Pete will ship your beers. Uh, do we just leave now? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's let's leave him. Um, Goodbye, Pete. Oh, we can enter um, the front door of his living yeah. room? Oh, so there, is there stuff we can sticker here on the porch? Oh, shit. Stickers. Oh, we can plast- put a sticker on Plastic yeah, Jesus. Plastic Jesus, yeah. All right, uh, let's get naughty on here. You slap a let's get naughty sticker on the Plastic Jesus. Nothing, Nothing personal. personal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just go into the living room. His living room. Yep. Um, yeah, you go ahead. Right. You, you and Doug stand in the living room with the town drunk P- of town drunk Pete's hover RV. The smell of oils fill the air. This sm- this room has some of the familiar trappings of a living room, including a ratty looking couch and a small tube TV. Mostly, though, this room is outfitted as a mechanics workshop with half-assembled components strewn everywhere in disorganized piles of screws and bare wires, sitting on a few corners. To the south, the open front door leads back out to the Hover RV porch. Um, sure, let's take the robot robot. photo. We need that anyway. Um, yeah. All around the living room, instant photos are taped up onto the wall. All seem to show various moments of town drunk Pete and Zix horsing around in the hover RV or in town. You grab a photo of Zix standing in front of the horse statue in town square. This this is look for beer hats. Look for beer hats, whatever that means. This is a beer hat. You take the beer hat off of one of the workshop counters. You put the beer hat 
or you put on the beer hat and take off everything else you had been wearing. Fashion. Dog teleports the outfit you had been wearing besides the beer hat to each closet so that you know where it is and don't lose track of it. <laughs> we are now wearing nothing but a beer hat. Why did we undress everything else? <laughs> Let's talk to Dog about the situation. Um, recall Dog's recall Dog revealing portal. Uh, I think that'll just like show, show back, or bring back that particular dialogue thing. Okay. Oh yeah, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. Um, let's consult with Dog now. All right. Um, you ask Dog what she thinks. Dog sniffs around as though to say, "Okay, through very justified means, and by justified means, I mean effective means." We learn from Town Drunk Pete about the robot soul fragment belonging to Zeta Six Six Dash Blue, also known as Six. From a ritual. I think it's just summarizing everything we just learned, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's kiss dog. Yeah. Okay, kissed. Um Okay, let's look for the robot soul. Soul? Because yep, we already have the have the robot juice. Dog points towards the couch, indicating where she knows the animal soul fragment to be. Although you are not able to see it per- personally, she then stops pointing aware that you do not currently have all the materials. Wait, what? I, I guess we have to get it again. Um, fine, let's get go back to the bar. Um Fly down. Yes. Um Town Square was it? And then To the Marsh. To the Marsh. Okay, there's a saloon. Now we talk to Clip. Uh give us a robot juice. Um okay. Yep. That works. And now we won't walk back. Yay. Yay. <clears throat> we do not have all the materials. Okay, what else was needed? There was we got a picture. Uh. Okay, let's let's talk to him that uh her then. Let's see yeah. what we actually need. Uh we have the photo. Uh we have robot juice. Uh we need something. Okay, we need a song. Oh, yeah, yeah. According to him, the song number We need a radio or something. Oh, now we need to go to the signal tower. Okay. Um, Damn, let's go to the signal tower then. Uh, Did did you copy down that number in any way so that we can figure out which one it is? That's fine. We can just always ask Dog again to give us the number. Yeah, fair enough. Um... All right, signal tower grounds. Live to the signal tower observation summit. Okay, um, let's do that. In the form of a bird, you flap your wings and fly up to the observational deck near the top of the signal tower. Dog is lazy and stays on the ground. How dare she? You stand on a thin metal platform that creaks in the wind as the signal tower sways. The smell of orange-scented perfume fills the air. Oh, we can put a sticker up here. No, we can't. We can just on the platform. You slap a help animals come sticker onto the platform. There are not a whole lot of people who would have the chance to see it up here, but anyone who does see it will respect the effort and message so much. Right. And okay. The ground, yeah. From this high platform, you can look down onto the, onto the town of Mirabok. In the evening light, and with its mirror world buildings, Mirabok appears as a chaotic, ever-changing patchwork of bright light, 
and pitch blackness. The very peak of the signal tower is a few feet over your head. Several cables lead up to it, passing through various panels along the way. Communications officer Estelle sits on the east edge of the platform, legs dangling over the side, looking out into the distance. There's a help animal come sticker, animals come sticker on the platform. I guess, I guess we gotta talk to the communications officer. Mm-hmm. Communications officer Estelle, you have a seat beside Estelle on the edge of the observation deck. Hey, right, we can ask about the ro- song for the robot. He answers, oh sure, knock yourself out. You know how the songs are n- numbered and everything, yeah? The panel there, the bigger one, will spit out a tape if you uh, put the number in. There should be a tape already loaded, actually. You can tape over it. I was done with it. Oh, she, apparently. She Estelle turned... is a female name, oh. isn't it? I don't know. I, I've never heard the name Estelle before. You, do, you, do you not know the musician Estelle? No, I don't. Oh, my God. Anyway, she turns for a second, points out to the ba- points out the panel to you, then goes back to staring off to, into the dark distance. All what right. is she doing there? Oh, she's an anthro beagle. Okay. Uh, this is just her bio. Some decades what? ago, Estelle was deployed as a super soldier I think in I've the lost audio. War. What? And there, man. Anyway, I'll just continue reading while Brass figures this out. Um, okay. Estelle was deployed as a super soldier in the Antarctic War, notable as the only anthro to be deployed as part of any super soldier outfit at that time. Um, in the years since being discharged, she has undergone thorough deprogramming, though she still never sleeps. And it is rumored that um, she has retained several of her other paraphysical abilities. She currently maintains her book Signal Tower, which words of malicious spirits. Right. Also, I can hear you again, so. Um, Brass, are you back? Yes. Brass has not returned yet. I'll just... Okay, Brass. Hello? Can you hear me? Hello, Brass? Fuck's sake, Brass? Can I... <laughs> um, Hello, can you okay, hear anyway, me? Okay, anyway, I'll just... There's another button here. Um. Okay, Brass, thank you for <laughs> coming back. Um... Okay, I while you were gone, I chose chat with Estelle, so we can now talk to Estelle. Um, when you started, I, mean, I, I yes, I, I did see, I, I I was there for the talking with Estelle, but okay. When you start to strike up a conversation, Estelle stops you. Um, that's you, I think. Uh, <laughs> wait, I've been assigned to Estelle now. Yeah, you've already read Estelle, so it's kind of like you now. Okay, fine. Not tonight, Jet. Sorry. After that apparition getting into town through many my station's defenses, I'm more or less up here on old-fashioned lookout duty after that situation is better resolved. (laughs) I feel like been resolved would be better. Until that situation is better resolved. Yep. If you need something, let me know, and you're free to hang out, but I need to stay centered. Uh, What does a commiserate mean? I... Don't know. Okay, let's commiserate with Estelle. You sit beside Estelle for a while, staring off into the distance with her. Okay, let's leave. Um, so I guess we're just gonna use Use the the panel. panel. Um, you look at the panel that that Estelle pointed out to you as a basic numeric keyboard and tape deck. 
Because <laughs> we can enter the wrong one or the correct one. Let's the incorrect song number. <laughs> you buffoon. You nincompoop. You dunce. You doo-doo head. You poop for brains. You incompetent ignoramus. Ignoramus. Yes. You absolute inept number editor. That was not the correct number. There was one very specific correct number to enter, and that was not it. This ta- panel will not give you the tape at this rate. No tape for you. Damn. Okay. Game. Don't have to roast me like that. Can't even sticker it. What the hell? Oh, fine. Let's enter the correct song number. You punch in the number of the song that six likes. The tape within the panel begins rotating. After a few minutes, a plastic click is heard and the tape stops. Get eject and collect the tape and close the plastic door again after yourself. So why do they use tape? What year is it? 1980? <laughs> like, come on. It, it's. It, I think it's very like ambiguous what what time period this is. <laughs> No, I know what time period it is. What what time period? You know. No, I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, I've, while we were talking, I entered the RV yeah. thing again. And um, I... <clears throat> yeah, let's capture the robot song. Robot... You place the photo... You capture... Or you place the photo of the robot Zix on the couch alongside the cup of robot juice... Wandering to the tape deck nearby, you insert the cassette recording of or cassette recording of the song that the robot likes. After hitting play, electric guitar noises and amped up digital distortion begin blasting out of the speakers. You kick back on the couch beside the photo and Doug encases you you and these materials in darkness. Uh, I think you should read the this. <laughs> also I like how how it's all put in the form of print Print parentheses text bracket Mirrorberg hover on RV living room. Very robotic um, looking. <laughs> robot That's robot. for sure. Yeah. You are dancing to the music. Your servos working in step with the uh, with the upbeat tempo. The hover RV rocks like a boat under your stomping. As the song is winding down, you re-enable your scanners and confirm that your cup of robot juice is where you left it on the couch. You, why? Who puts their drink down on the couch? That's just gonna make it spill. I do. Anyway. <laughs> You walk to the cup, bend down to it, and pick it up with your hand. The man of flesh, grinning, breathing heavily from his own dancing, offers his glass of whiskey for you to clink your cup of robot juice with. Let's capture the robot soul. Um, you and Doc stand in the living room. Blah blah blah. We already did this. Um, let's. Okay, now we can do <laughs> robot things function. for fun. Yeah, things that robots do apparently. In the form of robot, you go to the small tube TV. Pick it up and crush it into a compact cube in your hands. You throw the compact cube through the ceiling and then stomp around, crushing various cans and bottles under your robot steps. When you are done, you tidy up and replace the TV and ceiling and cans and bottles with spare TVs and ceilings and cans and bottles. (coughs) We can scan for dog snacks. You run your scanners over your surroundings and detect a dog snack under the couch. You walk to the couch, pick up the couch, and set it aside. Dog wigs as she watches. You pick up the dog snack from among loose change and empties. Dog wigs more. You turn to dog and toss her the dog snack. Dog jumps up and catches it, gobbles it up, and wigs as though to say thank you. (laughs) We can do a head spin. In the form of a robot, you do a sick head spin. Fuck yeah. 
Fuck yeah. I guess Wait, we can put stickers on. We can put stickers in the living room, I think. We can put one on a vending machine. <laughs> Is a vending machine in here? You slap a help animals come sticker onto the vending machine. It's still pretty clear what soda and beer offerings are on the menu. Just a little decoration on the side. Nice. Can we talk to Drunk Pete? Um, oh, he's fast asleep. Okay, he's chair. asleep. We cannot talk to him at all. All right. Um, now that we are also a robot, what do we do? Uh, I don't know. Is what's in the what was in the mirrored door to the west? Enter mirrored door west. Uh, that's oh, we can use the fortune paper. Oh yeah. You and Doc stand in a room shaped like an irregular polygon whose walls are made of mirrors. The room is mostly dark with only isolated points of light provided by Christmas lights which hang from wire frames in odd configurations. The smell of window cleaner fills the air. Doc has an exclamation point over her head. <laughs> what? Let's talk to Doc then. Dog rolls on her back, playfully swiping her legs in the air, as though to indicate, oh yeah, thanks for asking, the next animal soul fragment is in the signal tower command room. Okay, thanks again. And that was all for me. She then, gets back on... she then gets back onto her feet and walks around to sniff some stuff, leaving you to get back to doing whatever else you were doing at this place. Also, did we sticker this place before? Oh. This is an uh, no stickers on. Um, right, well, we can use the fortune paper. Okay, let's use the fortune paper. You told the fortune paper, uh, you fold the fortune paper into a paper airplane. The paper's thick stock is satisfying to fold. When you have made your paper airplane, you take out your lighter and set the paper on fire, then toss it into the room. The lighted paper airplane lands some ways off in the darkness. You walk to where it landed and stand on top of it. Fortune fire does not burn you. When you look up, the Christmas lights from the perspective of this point in the room <coughs> hang to form the following image. Well, that's great for the audio listeners. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure is an image. Uh, there, it is a map. I don't even know I what think. this means. Hey, this is Ada symbol in there. Yeah, yeah. This is a map? Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying. Think it is. It says revisit fortune map. I guess I'll just take a photo real quick. Yeah, I, just, I don't know what this is going to be used for. Just in case we need it later. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, let's exit exit this whole thing. Um. Um. I guess we have to go back to <laughs> signal tower. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Smash down the signal tower command door. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. You and Doc stand in the command room of Mirrorburg's signal tower. The smell of cigarettes and printer paper fills the air. Look around. The sound of cooling fans pervades the air, coming from the dozens of cabinets of server racks and tape drivers. Here's that circle the room. At this east end of the room is a bay of computer terminals and a couple of swivel chairs. There is a wire cage on the floor nearby the terminal bay with wood shavings inside. The door of the wire cage is open. The cage is empty. Several gizmos and instruments dotted around the room wobble and, we wobble and beep. rather. In the north of the room, there is an alcove protected by hundreds of chaotically arranged laser beams. Beyond the laser beams, inside of the tube of protective glass, is a very tiny teddy bear. 
To the west is an open doorway with the corresponding door lying smashed on the floor nearby. The open doorway leads outside to the signal tower grounds. Um, okay. So the options in here are to fly in and deactivate the lasers and to look for the mouse hole. We can also put stickers. Come on, Brass. Stop with the stickers. You don't have the time. <laughs> We've got all the time. We're already at 40 minutes. Come on. Smash door on the floor. Fine. Stick at the smash door. You slap a bestiality stick onto the, onto the smash door onto the floor. People might think that smashing down this door as a robot already made you the boss of this door. And they would be correct. Putting a sticker on the door is the extremely cold for icing on the cake. There's, there's also what I said that I was putting it on the middle of the terminal screen. <laughs> <laughs> you slap a lick dog, dog pussy sticker onto the wastebasket. You slap it into the outside of the wastebasket, specifically, or specifically. The stuff on the inside is the trash. The stuff on the outside, it is arguable. Right. Um. Next sticker. You slap a Lake Mare Pussy sticker onto the terminal screen. Exact middle. Will this be annoying to anyone trying to use this terminal screen now that it has a big, fat, irremovable sticker in the exact center of it? Yes. Yes, it will be. But sometimes doing the right thing comes at a cost and only heroes are willing to commit to it. <laughs> right? You slap a Help Animals Come sticker onto the portrait of Vinci He the 20th. You talk to him sometimes at the farm. You're pretty sure he would think it's really funny. I'm sure. I don't know who that is. You slap a leg dog pussy stick onto the important seeming contraption. It appears to probably continue working. <laughs> probably is good, I guess. You slap a suck dog cock sticker onto the very important seeming contraption. You were extremely unsure of what this one was doing to begin with, and you remain unsure what it is doing now. So it's probably still working. It's probably fine. Yeah, um, what's with all these contraptions? I mean, we're in the middle of a command center for, for a signal tower, so. Why are there con contraptions? Well, anyway, let's deactivate the lasers. the signal tower. In the form of a bird, you fly, dive, and weave around the laser beams, making your way through the dangerous alcove. At the far end of the alcove, you land beside Big Red Button and give it a mighty peck with your beak. All of the laser beams shut off instantly. We can now smash through the protective glass. In the form of a robot, you give the tube of protective glass a big punch. The glass shatters, freeing the very tiny teddy bear inside. Let's take it. I have, nice. I have taken it. All right. Also, also, we may want to talk to Estelle again so that we we can find out the other stuff we need for the mouse. Oh, fine. Let's talk to Estelle. Um, ask about animals. All right. Estelle answers. You must mean Pine, my little mouse. Rescued him from a life of being experimented on, and he turns out to be the sweetest guy in the world. That's what he looks like. Yeah. Estelle, Estelle's tone hardens suddenly. Let's cut the shit and get down to the brass t to the brass tacks. <laughs> I'll answer all of the questions that are on your mind. Appearance: He was brown with with a white tummy and had a mocking tattoo. 
who have a red line on his chest. Favorite food, he loved to be surprised by new treats to eat. The the last, yeah. The latest thing I gave him was some cereal, and that was a big hit. Here, have a little baggie of it. Take it. There. Favorite activities. He likes to carry around his tiny little stuffed bear toy and show it to different parts of the command station. That good? It is. Good. You wonder silently to yourself how much she knows. She answers, a lot. Your wife isn't the only bitch with powers around here, and don't forget it. But for right now, she makes a gesture of pointing back and forth between you and herself. Same side. And I know you got this. If there was a doubt in my mind or yours, I would be doing a lot more than leaving it to the two of you. To handle. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. What a nice person. We don't have to ask every single thing separately. Yoo-hoo. Yay. Um, um, yeah, let's go back into the command room. Um... Make an origami of pine. Um, sure. You go to a wastebasket in the terminal bay and take out a sheet of paper that had been discarded. It seems to have been a technical printout containing columns of numbers, though as to what they correspond to, it is not labeled. You fold the paper into the shape of a mouse. You give your fingers a big sloppy lick, lift your foot, and scoop some dirt off your sole and run your wet, dirty fingers over the back of the origami mouse, painting the back of it in a light brown. From a cup of pens, you take out a red pen and draw a small vertical line on the origami mouse's chest. Alright, time to capture the mouse soul. You get down onto your chest in front of the wire cage in the terminal bay. Reaching inside, you place the very small teddy bear sitting with his back against the far wall, and you place some cereal on the wood shavings in front of him, like it was a picnic. Doug's dark aura swallows you. Um, comfy room. Is this Comic Sans? This is Comic Sans. You have... y- yes, and, and all the text is tilted. I love Comic Sans. Um, you walk jauntily across the wood shavings of your den to Frankie, and gently pick him up. Holding Frankie, you go to the open wire door. Clamber out of your den and carry him with you as you embark across the large, comfy room. You arrive at your destination, a narrow space between one of the walls and one of the tall, humming cabinets. You have stashed a large, round cracker back here. You set Frankie down, and with his company, you begin nibbling on the cracker. It's very tasty and good. You stay with Frankie there for a while, listening to the room. After some time, the door to the outside opens and your heart flutters anxiously. Humanoid footsteps enter. Leaving Frankie in the safety of the narrow space, you brave, stepping around the corner of the tall cabinet to peek at who it is. Seeing that it is the good one, you run forward into the open to greet her. Yeah, now capture the mouse soul. That is how Comic Sans sounds to me. You and Doug stand in the command room of Mirrorburg's signal tower. The smell of cigarettes and printer paper fills the air. But wait, suddenly, there is an alarm. Sensing necromancy afoot, the over-the-the t- signal tower command uh, ah, signal tower command room enters lockdown protocol. Protective shells fall down over the top of the server rack cabinets. The monitors in the terminal base switch off. An extra reinforced robot-proof door slides down into place in the open doorway to the west, blocking any hope of exiting. Yeah, we have to right, escape so we can tr- this place now, don't we? 
we can try to smash down the door. Do we have to try, read every try. single option? There's various ways of trying to leave this room. Um, some I including some them. actions. All of them? Come on, Braz. There's like 20 of them. <laughs> Wait, there's a hybrid push at the end. Psychically reaching out to Estelle. Try shouting for Estelle to help. Try deactivating lockdown via voice control. Try reactivating the lasers. Try smashing the wall beside the door. Try jacking into the mainframe. Ooh. Try hacking the commuter terminal. Try flying around in a panic. Or try smashing the door open. I think we try to smash down the wall next to the door. <laughs> Just because that would be that would be a very funny no, way to get around. No, I want to try defense. flying around panicking as a bird. I think that's most effective. You fly around panicking. It is kind of cathartic, but does not appear to help the situation in practical terms. Um, sure. Let's try smashing the door open as a robot. In the form of a robot, you assail the new platform at the new door with karate chops and karate kicks. It's no use. The new door is robot-proof. That's why I said smash the wall. wall I know you did. The door. Yeah. But we're going through every option since you had to read them all. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's try hacking a computer terminal. You attempt to use the computer terminals to hack your way out of the, this predicament. It's no use. The monitors are switched off and the terminals do not seem to be taking any user input. Hmm. Try jacking into the mainframe. As a robot. Oh, am I reading this again? Okay. In the form of a robot, you scan around for somewhere to plug yourself into the mainframe. Oh no, all of the servers are encased in protective shells. Damn. Um, try smashing the wall besides the door. In the form of a robot, you get you get a running start and attempt to smash down the wall right beside the reinforced door. Bounce off. The walls must be very strong too. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, brass. Why would why did you want to do that, huh? Because you know it would have been a com it would have been rather comedic for them to reinforce the door, but not the wall. That would have been funny, yeah. Um, try reactivating the lasers as a bird. In the form of a bird, you fly back into the alcove. You land beside the big red button, ready to give it a peck and fly out of here again. So use picking the button does nothing. The lasers are still off. All right. You attempt to speak to any voice control systems in the room. This action has no discernible effect. The room remains in lockdown. Okay, let's uh, try shouting for Estelle to help. You cup your hands to try to shout loud enough for Estelle to hear and come help. Estelle does not appear. Um, try psychically reaching out to Estelle. You think, uh, you think thoughts addressed to Estelle. No response. Uh, they also think thoughts. Hybrid approach. Yeah, let's try the hybrid approach then. You become a creature that is part raven, part robot. It looks rad as hell for sure. Totally gnarly. But you just kind of stand there, which doesn't really accomplish anything. No. Uh, wait, what if uh, we can talk to Doug, I guess. I guess we just took a nap. Oh, oh, you know it's a mouse hole in the wall. Looking around, small mouse hole. Correct. Um, barracks. You and Doug stand in a room lined with bunk beds. Trunks and lockers. How did dog follow me? Magic. Right. The smell of mildew fills the air, whatever that is. Upon reaching an open... kind of a mold. Uh-huh. Upon reaching an open space again, you return to your humanoid form. Dog returns to normal dog size. She had followed you using her magic to become dog, but very small. Now she's back to normal size again. Dog magically turns on all of the lights here. 
You stand in a, you stand somewhere below the signal tower command building. This room would appear to be the a bare bones barracks. The beds are neatly made, and all of the trunks and lockers are empty. It seems that this place is not actively in use. In the north wall is a mouse hole leading to the command signal tower command room. <laughs> the command signal tower. Anyway, and to the south is a corridor leading deeper into the bunker. Dog lets out a quiet growl and glances around apprehensively. As though to say, I don't like this place. Very little hides from my third eye, and yet I have never noticed this place before. It would be one thing if I had sensed that it was here, but I just couldn't read it. For example, I can't see the leftovers that you here that you wrap in tinfoil. But the tinfoil itself is like noisy TV static, so I know that the leftovers exist. The container may be opaque, but the virtue of its opacity cuts cuts both ways. This place, though, I can see now that it has been thoroughly encased in anti-scrying materials and camouflaged to be overlooked. Grr, I do not enjoy being deceived. Um, okay, dog. Well, time to put some stickers. Put one on the ceiling. Put one on the ceiling. Interesting. You slap a bestiality sticker onto the ceiling. You have to jump up to slap it on there, but that definitely adds to the worthwhileness. Let's leave through the south corridor. Corridor. Mm, you and Doc stand in a hall. Accurate? Whatever. Accurate chemical smells fill the air. Um, the walls, floor, and ceiling of this passageway are made of cement. The crest of Vinci III, a rearing stallion with three extremely erect horse boners, is spray-painted onto the walls at regular intervals via stencil. Three! Penis? Indeed. To the north is the barracks. Piles of debris, debris lock the way any farther into the corridor. Can we put a sticker in here? Yes. We put it on the crest. You slap a Lake Nog pussy sticker onto the nearby Vinji the Third crest. You definitely don't cover up the tri-horse boners, of course. Just put the sticker adjacent to the existing work. Nice. Alright. Time to clear debris. As a robot. As a robot. In the form of a robot, you rampage through the hall, mushing all of the debris into compact shapes, which you assemble to the side of the hall as a low-poly sculpture of a tiger politely licking her paw. You have cleared cleared the way east to the bunker command room and south to the mess hall. I like tigers. So cute. Yeah. Um, Okay. Where do we go, Brass? Where do we go? Uh, Let's get some lunch at the mess hall. Okay, let's go to the mess hall. Uh, mess hall. Um, you and Dog stand in a small room crowded with objects. The smell of decay fills the air. This room would seem to have been intended as a compact mess hall, though um, appears now to have been repurposed as some type of storage. A circular table takes up a bulk of the floor space, and there is a sink and counter in the north of the room. Piled on the table and against the walls appears to be a variety of military equipment including two large orange backpacks and two disassembled sets of high-tech super soldier armor. Ooh. I want the armor. Me too. But we can only put a sticker on the sink. Damn. Except a let's get naughty sticker onto the sink. Literally no surface is immune from your stickering justice. Cool. Hey, well, back into the corridor, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing here. Thanks, brass. To bunker command. Bunker command. You and Dog stand in a room with very old tape drives. The smell of charcoal fills the air. 
In this room are a couple of very old-looking tape towers and one reinforced metal desk with a computer terminal at it. The remains of the third tape tower lie burnt and melted in the corner. To the west is the bunker corridor. Let's use the terminal. You sit down at the desk and look at the terminal screen. The terminal asks for a password. Guess password, I guess. Guess password. Let's guess the password. Denied. Access denied. <laughs> it doesn't lock us out. It, okay. What if I do it a hundred times? I'm just spamming the button right now. Just keep saying access denied. Come on, come on, come on. I feel like if the if it's even programmed to have a chance of working, it's going to be very, very low. What if it's just a countdown? Just just press 100 times and it'll do it. I think we might have gone past 100 at this point. I don't know. I mean, every time I click, there's three clicks because I have this cool special turbo button. Okay, I think... Yeah, I don't think it's going <laughs> to give us the password. I think I that's enough. I don't think it's going to give us access. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Um, look for a terminal password. You look for any notes stuck onto the tape drives, but find no password here. Okay. Indeed, no password. Well, we can stick or something. You can stick at the desk. You slap a bestiality stick onto the desk. Whether or not the smoke is still in use is anyone's guess. But if it ever is, this will be a good guiding beacon. Guiding beacon. And there's also for the side of the terminal. You slap a stuck dog cock sticker onto the side of the terminal. Not that you're above stickering literally anything, but the use of this terminal might be important for your own purposes at some point. So that sticker is not going on <laughs> going on the screen. Just nearby enough that users on the screen will be still know what the deal is. Yeah. Alright, I guess we gotta look for the terminal password. Yeah. Looking to see if there's anything we can do uh, we can look in the uh we are now in the uh the corridor and we can look for a terminal password here nope, nope. nothing all right mess all all right sitting out on the table among the military equipment is a journal that calls <laughs> out to you as you re go to reach for the journal journal dog sniffs the air and then suddenly barks aggressively using her powers to project Act her voice even louder than usual. You stop reaching for the journal. Dog approaches it with her hair on, on her back raised and sniffs it again. She growls as though to say, I recognize the spiritual order on this. This belonged to the apparition that stole all of the animals. You crouch down beside Dog at her level, both of you staring at the journal. Dog glances back at you. You nod, stand up again, and place a hand on the journal's face. Dog encases you in the journal's in the journal in darkness. Can't you just open the journal? No. Okay. Let's cry on the journal. Apparition's journal. Okay. Antarctica. And and Antarctica. Antarctica. There we go. Unattributed station. 31 years ago. So, 2388 AD. So now we know when this is happening. Indeed. And the still, 24th century. And still using tapes. The 24th century. Ridiculous. Four years before the official start of the war between the mortals of Earth and the hibernating cosmic horrors beneath the ice. Oh, it's like Evangelion. 
Okay, office. I sit on a mat in the center of the office, doing my med meditations. My legs are crossed. My arms are limp. My eyes are closed. All right. We can sense room, station, region, self, self-body, self-impulse, sense the still, sense voice, sense the outside. How do we sense things? We can just I sense, sense you? No, sure. Senses sense you. Me. You've been sensed. All right. Fine, let's sense the room. I attune my mind to my immediate surroundings. A thousand psychic fingertips reach out and gently, gently, gently touch each and everything in this room, feeling all that there is to feel here. Closest to me is the woven mat that I sit on, beyond which the floor is concrete. Heck yeah, concrete. Estelle and I have adjacent workstations at one end of the room. Another end of the room, several servers were the tapes, doing calculations, sending and receiving with the antennae outside that they are wired to. Most of this room is outfitted with the many sensors, devices, sensory devices that we were shipped out here with. All of the sensors are running optimally. They have reported no anomalies today. Alright, sense the station. I attune my mind to this station. I feel the immense remoteness of it. I'm the only mind here, and one of the very few minds who've ever been here. The wind itself blows at one side and emerges at the other, countering no interference. Sense region. I attune my mind to the vast and mostly barren ice sheet that surrounds the station. I feel the interwoven patterns that the wind makes. I feel the va wavering rays cast down onto here by the sun. And I feel the grandeur of how, co of how cold this region is. Did you know that English O's are really difficult? I did not. They're always pronounced differently. Well, sometimes they're O, sometimes they're us, you know. Yeah, it's awful. These feelings are had at a distance. I experience them, but I'm not of them. I do not twist, burn, or shiver. 500 miles away, near the coastline, a colony of penguins rattle amongst themselves. The nearest one among them is the nearest life form on this desert surface besides Estelle. Alright, sense body, or self, sense self, body. I attune my mind to my physical body. My body, he from toenail to cerebrospinal fluid. Cerebro, an, come on. Cerebrospinal spinal fluid is the result of an ego death inducing process of chemical augmentations, surgery fine tuning, or surgical fine tuning, rather. <laughs> In extreme physical training, it shows my physiology is immaculate. Same. Sense self impulse. I point my mind inward at myself. Or itself, I guess. I see the recurring thoughts and patterns that would fill a lesser mind, but mine is vaster. Far vaster. A plane of existence itself. Able to hold my list of tasks for today like the ocean is able to hold the grain of sand thrown into it able to hold the entire body of scientific research conducted by mankind like a desert is able to hold a library like a desert uh, yep. uh, okay i get it i look to my impulses and see that after meditation all being well my next task should be entering a report for the day thus far well estelle is out on observation duty census still <laughs> that's census still 
I send out a psychic pulse in the direction Estelle should be in. 200 miles away. She is there and she is well. She sends a sorcery pulse to me in turn. And I project back an identical report of wellness. Oh. Sensing. Sense yep. voice. I disguise my mind from the senses and from Estelle and listen for the strange voice I have been hearing. Moments pass, and though there has never been an ear more open, the voice does not choose this moment to speak to me. I will send a message to it, though. When going to write my next report, I will send a broadcast of my intentions, using the voice's own strange language, which will appear only as a transmission error to all others. A faulty tape heard, or a crossed wire, a faulty tape head, or a crossed wire. But I will tell the voice, in no uncertain terms, that it has my attention. I breathe, center myself perfectly again, and take down my disguise. Sense the outside. I attempt to attune my mind to the parts of the Earth beyond Antarctica, but I feel a wash of fatigue, and I falter. I stop in the attempt and center myself again. With that, my meditation is finished. I stand up. I should go to my terminal and write my report. After getting the new password that is contained in the latest report sent to us from the outside, um, we're leaving the office now to go to the hangar. I stand in the hangar. Oh, my back is hurting. We can now... Wait, where is it that we need to get... Alright, so we need to get the password. There are the quarters and the office. I'm going to guess that the password is in the quarters, and then we go to the office? The latest oh, report... The so we are in the quarters now. The latest report from the outside is sitting on top of the trunk at the foot of Estelle's bed. Looks like a brief one. I pick it up and read it over quick. You do it. Alright. Aberration 79B report hashtag 331. I could also say number, but no, I said hashtag. (laughs) Number, please. Thor's Day. Mimersh. The 23rd. 2388. An- analysis of data from MIM 4 2388 to MIM 11 2388. That's the month of Memers. Yeah, Memers 24th 2388 to Memers 11th 2388 reveals no anomalies in relevant region, neither paraphysical nor magical. Sort of paraphysical anomalies. Are accounted for her induced by personnel as part of operating procedure. Operations are to continue. New password for the terminal is that. E H S O C N X H Q E N C M N N nine six F T B. Oh, so you said O, but it was zero. So you also say O four zero. Yeah, but you gotta specify, because otherwise they can yeah, type it incorrectly. but I also don't care, so it's O. <laughs> Shut up, Raz. I am correct. Thank you. Sure. Alright, leave quarters to hangar. Did you say I set the report back down? I don't think so. But we did. We did put the report back down. Um, is there anything we can do now? I guess we can uh, leave the hangar to go, go to the office. Yes. We can... I send the office. You can use the terminal. Write the report now. Oh, one second. Ah, oh, my back hurts from sitting. 
I disguise my mind and do not write my report. Instead, I immediately get to work composing my broadcast for the strange voice. You have spoken to me, irresistible words, and bestowed upon me unmistakable images. Those who made me what I am and put me here have given me false memories of my life before, straw spun from gold, none of it quite adding up. And they should have known better than to think that the thing they were making me into wouldn't notice it. You have shown me my true life before. Evening snuggling in the sun with my slobbery hound Rocky and the feelings I would have when we kissed. My mind is so vast now it is hard to conceive of it being filled. Um, I would give it up in a moment to feel as full again as I did with him. The pursuit of re-inhabiting. How do you say that? Re Re-inhabiting. Re-inhabiting, okay. Those memories is why I joined this program to begin with. I know it is, but instead they have taken everything from me. Down to the knowledge that I have ever had any such loving memories to begin with. If you can do better, I would serve you. Check. Hey, Imagine being scrying. a zoophile. Yeah. Nasty. <laughs> but for a second, anyway. I forgot. I forgot that we're playing a zoo game. Yeah. <laughs> it's not zooey enough. <laughs> Kidding. Fine. Let's stop scrying on the other. Apparitions Journal. When you return to being yourself again, you're on your back on the cold floor. Doug ambush ambushes your face with kisses. You return them, and the two of you make out for a little bit. You were saying about not being zooey enough? Anyway. There's like a specific time for making out, and this is not it. Her keeping you pinned onto the ground by putting herself on top of you, you pinning her head in her back. After this very important business, Doug turns to face the corridor again, wagging as if to say, that should be the same password we need for the terminal in here. Now we can get in there, disable the lockdown protocol in the single station, and haul butt to the portal in the single sta in Mirrorburg Park to get all of the animals back. While we're on the computer, it might also be a chance to learn things we might not otherwise be able to, but I think I have everything I need at this point. The ghost, Jack, loved animals and had that love stolen from him. And after being lied to about himself and left left and right, he finally made a pact with one of the cosmic horrors trapped under the ice or some similar entity to steal everyone's animals and feel that love feel that love again. Even though that is not really how that works. Yeah. Take it from a necromancer, the only real way is forward. My guess would be that this that the cosmic horror or whatever it is is using Jack to obtain a sacrifice and gain power in the mortal surface world to begin exerting an even greater influence. But what the the actual deal is doesn't matter. It's out of it's out of line, and we're going to stop it. That said, I also wouldn't mind a little breather after that. So if you have any more business in Mirrorburg, now would be the time to take care of it before we go. Dog levitates up and kisses your face again, then returns to the ground. Bam. Ooh, dog. Okay. Now we can, now we can wear the super soldier armor. Okay, let's wear the super soldier armor. Um, you begin towards his cell, and Jack's old sets of armor. Okay. Um, dog puts a force field between you and the armor, as though to say, "No, sorry, idea, I forbid this." Darn. Hey. <laughs> so, so we're still just wearing a beer hat and nothing else. Yes. Okay, let's okay. go to the computer. Yay. Bunker command. Is it that? Yeah, use terminal. Uh, you sit Enter down, blah, blah, blah. Enter password. Access granted. Disengage lockdown protocol. You need to hurry up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's already 
too long episode. Yeah. Uh, be, listeners, you can play the game yourself and get the other more <laughs> the bonus content. Detailed stuff. Lockdown yeah. protocol, disengage. So I guess we'll leave now. Leave. Um, yeah. Where should we go? Uh, the corridor and uh, barracks again. Because we get because we have to go through the mouse hole again, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can do that now. We can now leave. Yay. Um, so now we can go back to the town square. Then the park. And then the park, you say. Yes. And now we can approach yeah, the portal it's... south. Okay. Yeah. Um, you and Dog stand before the portal. When you go through, there may be no going back. Proceed. Sure. Enter the portal as bird, robot, and mouse. Uh, you, we can split this up 50-50. Okay. Dog manifests a circle of darkness around herself on the ground before the opaque red portal. She sets the theriomograph... Theriomographication scepter down on the ritual circle and tilts her head at it as though to say its summit must be inescapable but its space accessible to human beings as nature made them. It must be unique and must exist geographically. The door is to the the invisible must be visible. It says human beings but we are no human. Yeah we're not. We're 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 anthro cat. Uh Anyway (laughs) you tilt your head towards dog as though to say what? Dog ignores you and points her face to the sky and then lets out a howl. Big, deep, long, and loud. Okay. The head of the scepter glows, fr- glows red, then blue, then tan. Then you feel your form arms each tugging to the one to, to be the one to come forward. With each tug, the scepter rotates slightly along the circle of darkness until the head is pointed towards the portal. Um, dog bobs scepter with her paw causing it to shoot out a beam of rainbows at the portal. All at once, the portal is no longer an opaque red, but an open window to the glaringly bright landscape of Antarctica. Antarctica. Why can't I say that word today? Anyway. The light scatters over the mirror walls of mirror box buildings, casting the city into an unconventional daylight. A piercingly cold wind blows against you from the portal. You march forward against the wind. Dog comes with. I'd like to point out that we are still wearing nothing except a beer hat. We are wearing nothing besides that, yes. <laughs> After you f- finish stepping through the portal, you turn around to see it is gone. You squint against the glare coming up from the ice. Dog manifests sunglasses on your face, which is much better. <laughs> it's now we have a beer hat and sunglasses. Ew. Um, You and Dog stand atop Antarctica's ice sheet. You can see for miles and miles in any direction. A long way away is a mountain range. Right nearby you is a car. It has a bluish gray paint job and a lot of dents in the hood and on the roof. Hey, well, in the car. Yep. Let's enter the car. Doug sees you moving towards the car and bounds ahead of you excitedly as though to say, Yay, car ride! You go around the open passenger side hide for dog. She hops in and starts sniffing all over. You close the door and go around and get in the driver's seat. Dog looks your face and then sits politely in the passenger seat facing forward. The keys are sitting in the cup holder. Oh, to be a dog. Um, start car. The car starts on the first try. Ew. Never gonna fucking happen in the cold. <laughs> oh, come on, brass. You're just gonna luck, you know? 
drive. Yeah. As you start to drive, Doug manifests Ghost Radar on the windshield. The Ghost Radar is getting a lot of suspicious readings from a building a long way to the east of you. You drive by a flock of penguins. They are very cute. You keep going. Oh no. After you've been driving for a while, the car sputters to a stop. Uh, check the fuel gauge. Make sure that's the problem first. It says empty. Okay. Now check for spare fuel. <laughs> There's no extra gas. Uh, check the ghost radar. Ghost Still very far away. Look around. Still very far away. Um, yeah. The car has stopped. <laughs> yeah, it looks Thanks. like we just have to exit the car. You get out of the car. Dog follows you out. Popping over the car's center console. Looking around. Um, you and Dog stand atop Antarctica's ice sheet. Right nearby you is a car and a motorcycle that only works for robots. Um, sure. <laughs> what? Seeing the opportunity of another car ride, Dog stares at the motorcycle and wags in need of excitement. Mount the robot motorcycle as a robot. In the form of a robot, you get onto the motorcycle that only works for robots. Dog hops in the side car and manifests herself a pair of dog goggles. You jack into each of the handlebar ports, and the motorcycle roars to life. It has full battery of motorcycle electricity. Motorcycle electricity? Yes, it's an electric bike, apparently. It's it's electricity just for the motorcycle, isn't it? Yes. Cool. Drive. Dog wags as the two of you start driving. She patches the ghost radar into your senses. You can detect that the suspicious building is still very far away. You drive by a herd of triceratops. Right. You keep going. Oh no. The motorcycle's tires pop suddenly. You maneuver safely to a halt. Dismount. Dismount. I'm taking it. Okay. You and dog stand atop Antarctica's ice sheet. Right nearby you is a robot motorcycle that has malfunctioned. Right nearby you is a unicycle, a skateboard, a pair of skis, um, an Antarctican horse named Coffee Beans, a pogo stick, a bucket of paint, and sword. Not a sword, just sword. No, I, I either want to take the pogo stick or the... Or the... Wait, melt Antarctica? Why is that an option? Priorities. First we have to drink beer. Okay. Drink some of your beer, Drink some from, beer your from your glass. Yep. Smoke a cigarette. You stand around and smoke a cigarette. Right. Um, what do you mean? Use, use key. the key. To... How can we use his key? You look around and kind of wave <laughs> the key around in the air. It doesn't seem to really accomplish anything. Okay. I want to see what happens if we melt Antarctica. Okay. Um, you light your lighter and hold it to the ground. A small amount of ice smells a little bit. You hold the lighter to the ground for longer. You wait. No. This plan does not seem to be working. Not very much of the ice is melting compared to how much there is. We can offer the horse a beer. <laughs> you offer a coffee bean some beer. They take a polite drink from your flask. The motorcycle remains broken. Um, <laughs> we just continue by horse? Uh, sure, examine the horse. <laughs> I just saw one of the options. Anyway, Coffee Beans is has mostly chestnut chestnut coat with a light blue sock on their front left leg and a light purple line down the center of their face. They are hermaphroditic, like most a Antarctican horses. They're basically just sta standing here. They don't seem to really be up to anything. And the first option is turn the horse into tires. Let's click on that. No. 
Dog wags and looks back and forth between the horse and the broken robot motorcycle optimistically. But the horse does not appear to want to be tied us right now. Alright, well, what if we use the... I want to use the pogo stick. Fine, let's use the pogo stick. Um... Although the poker stick did seem like the way to overcome the situation, it seems that the poker stick is damaged on the inside and it does not bounce. Lame. Um, destroy yeah, poker stick. <laughs> Use your lighter and attempt to burn the poker stick. The poker stick is fireproof. Okay, so so do we want to take? Do we want to ride the horse? Use skis, a skateboard, or a unicycle? Oh, oh so there is a sword. <laughs> yes, the sword from earlier. The sword appears to be a, a broadsword. Should we take it? Use sword on paint can. Use sword on paint can. Sure. What paint can? Uh, it mentioned there was a paint can. With a diagonal strike, you cleave off a portion of the top of the paint can. Black paint oozes out on the side. Oh, we can paint the paint th- the pogo stick, unicycle, or motorcycle black. Let's paint the unicycle black. It is now black. Now let's use the unicycle. You get onto the unicycle and hold out your arms to dog. Dog leaps up into your arms. Knocking both of you off the unicycle and into the snow. Oh, good. <laughs> Fine, let's offer the horse a cigarette. Can... Alright. You offer coffee beans a cigarette? They seem disinterested. We can also offer the horse the key. They do a big sniff on the key, but then turn their head away. What unicycle, unicycle tire t- on motorcycle? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't seem like a great idea. One tire is fixed. One tire is fixed. Yay. Cool. Can we destroy the unicycle frame now? All right. Use a light and burn the unicycle frame to ashes. All of these problem-solving attempts have given you another idea. Try becoming a nimble flying quadru- quad- quadrupedal robot who is really fast and resilient and cute and powerful and can pick up dog and carrier along also. Sure, let's do that. Success. Success. You're like a cool mouse bird robot creature. Basically a dog-sized mechanical dragon, kind of. In the form of a very rad hybrid, you pick up dog using robot strength and mouse-shaped arms. And begin flying in the direction of the suspicious building. Making progress once again. Totally gnarly. Dog seems to be enjoying himself and pretending to run along the air in your arms. Oh no. You pass over a math quiz on the ground and have it's tough to do it. A plus 1 equals B. B divided by 4 equals 52 divided by C. And C4 equals 16. Well, C4. Right. 4 times that, 1 is 16. C4. That's easy. Yeah, it's 4 times 4. So C is 4. 52 divided by 4 equals B divided by 4. All right, so B is 52. And that means A is 51. What? <laughs> nah, brass just skipped a few skip steps. I know that's not right. Okay, um, so what is fifty-two divided by four? Oh yeah, I, I completely messed up. Yeah, that one you already. skipped that. <laughs> but wait, no, f- fifty-two divided by four is equal to blank divided by four. So the only thing that fifty-two divided by four is equal to when something something else divided by four is fifty-two divided by four. 52 by, divided by 4 is 13. Yes, now thir- 13 times 4 is going to give you 52 again. <laughs> I got it. 
18 plus. I just picked one of them. 80. Yep, that's yeah. probably that probably checks out, but you don't have the time to double check this all day. You put the quiz back on the snow. Pick up dog, who also assumes you're correct. She believes in you. And the two of you resume your flight. <laughs> I feel like she'll put that there specifically so that I'd work out the actual answer to the math problem, but I you couldn't do it. Didn't include it. Yeah. I did. It was I, the I wrong answer. The answer. It was the correct answer. Anyway, hey, black arrive at a black site. You touch down outside the suspicious building, returning to your humanoid form and cut, setting down dog. Before you yawns the opening mouth of a hangar, though snow flits around wildly in the wind outside. None seems to pass in the open mouth of the hangar bay. Who is barking? Oh, that would be my dog. Cool, okay. We'll just enter the hangar then. You and Doug stand in the hangar. No f- smells fill the air. No smells? Well, we can put a sticker down to help make it better. You slap a Lake Mare Pussy sticker onto the big container of car gasoline. No comment, yes. damn. Um, yeah. You slap a suck dog cock sticker onto the spare robot motorcycle tires. No comment. Well. Yeah. Alright, well, look around. Looking around, it is clear that this is the same station that you saw in the apparition's journal, though it would not appear to be in use anymore. Dog's hair stands on end as she looks around here. To one side of the hangar is an airplane under a big canvas tarp. A few miscellaneous tools lie around. Otherwise, the place seems to have been cleared out. The only snow inside of here is that which you and Dog tracked in. To the north is the quarters. To the east is the office. Where do you want to go? Right. Well, uh, let's head to the quarters first. That was the correct place to go first the last time. You and Doug stand, you and Doug stand in personal quarters. No smells fill the air. Jack and Estelle's beds, trunks, and lockers are still here, though the contents have been cleared out. Doug's hair stands on end as she looks around here. To the south of the hangar. Fine, let's go to the office. Like the TV show. Um, you and Doc stand in the vacant office. No smells fill the air. The technology that once filled this office has been removed. All that's left are a couple of desks and a map on the wall. Doc's hair stands on ends. Blah, blah, blah. Let's check the map. The map appears to be very technical, showing degrees and topography, with nothing in the way of pictures or landmarks. Yeah, it's a map. Dog does yeah. not appear to consider the map all that useful. Alright, check the desk drawers. They are empty. <laughs> okay. Well, we can put a sticker on something. Brass. Okay, fine. Why sticker everything? You slap a lick dog pussy stick on the floor mat. Is, are none of them going to have comments? None of them have comments. It's not even uh, worth okay. doing. Come on. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just stickering all the things in the yeah. waters now, but there's also no comments. Yes. Yeah, I guess talk to dog. <laughs> or are we just going to sticker everything quick? I'm trying to see if anything would give us something, but no. Fine, talk yep. to dog. First kiss dog. 
You give dog a peck yeah. on the mouth. Yoo-hoo. You give dog a rub on the back and on the front and tell her how good she is. Cool. Ask dog if she smells the ghost. Okay, that no, there we go. <clears throat> yeah. Dog sniffs the air, then raises her jowls and starts taking ag- aggressive sharp sniffs, violently pulling the air in and rushing it back out as rapidly as she can. She growls, as though to say, this place disturbs me. Even I cannot gather any smells here. The vortex of darkness begins sweeping outwards from the dog, or from dog, very soon enveloping you. Though you cannot see, dog shares with you, you shares with your mind the sensations that she is experiencing. There are the smells of snow on the wind and the smells of surface-level ice melting in the sun. As the vortex grows far past the station, it eventually reaches your math quiz on the ground, and you can smell the fishy scent of the ink and the chemical smell of the bleached paper. The vortex grows farther and farther, sweeping out over various lone Antarctic horses, herds of triceratops, and flocks of penguins, picking up the scents of their hairs, scales, and feathers, waist, and breath. The vortex of darkness grows and grows, accumulating more and more smells as the radius expands until finally far away, the outer reaches of the vortex sweeps against another black square, or blank square, a place where no smell comes from, much like the blank square that it that is the station at the vortex's center. Dog zeroes her focus in on the dark, distant square faintly, faintly, though hardly any trail was left at all. Dog can smell the scents of other animals leading towards the square and then disappearing into it. Dogs such or animals such as dogs and cats, birds, robots, and mice. Dog barks. The, the vortex fizzles out, allowing uh, <clears throat> allowing light to return to the area. Dog turns her body to face northwest and points. Robots are not animals. We are now. Praise dog. Well, I guess we are exiting the hangar to go northwest. You become that cool hybrid creature again. Pick up dog and begin heading out. You soar along the currents of wind for miles and miles. Eventually, dog suddenly twists herself out of your grip. You double... uh, yeah, you double back and soar down towards her to catch her, but see that she is magically floating gently towards the ground. You soar around in a couple of circles, um, and the two of you land at the same time. Ahead of you appears to be a stretch of icy plains that is indis- indistinct from the icy plains in any other direction, but dog points towards it. You realize that there is a large cube of air just ahead that the snow and the wind does not blow into. Give a dog a kiss. Hell yeah. You kneel down, bury your mouth and nose in the hair on top of dog's head, and give her head a kiss. Cool. Enter psychically Ed- veiled cube. Ghost Factory. You and Doug step through the threshold of the veiled cube. The sound of howling wind disappears. Within the windless, scentless cube, the floor of ice is now see-through. Through the transparent icy floor, a ways down you can see a large rock drill, frozen in the ice. Ahead of you, also now visible, stands a ghost in a lab coat. Beyond the ghost is a conveyor belt, which has all of Mirabergs' animals tied to it. The animals are slowly being moved towards a machine that rattles angrily and features several swinging scythes and says Soul Harvester on the front. Darg lets out a snarling string of barks and then freezes time. This takes an enormous amount of energy and concentration on Dog's part. The conveyor belt has stopped 
stopped. The machine no longer rattles, and the ghost is also frozen. Even the snow and the wind outside of the cube hangs motionless, each snowflake suspended in its current place. All that moves in it is a cloud of darkness around Dog's eyes, and you manifest dagger. Let's manifest a dagger. Um, you take out one of your piercings. These were a gift from Dog. In your hand, the piercing soundly morphs into a shadow dagger whose bait can destroy souls. So what do we do? Break the soul harvester or kill the ghost? I get rid of the soul harvester first. Yeah, let's do that. In the form of a robot, you destroy the soul harvester by using laser beam eyes and by smashing the remaining pieces apart with your robot arms and legs. Kill ghost? Question mark. Do we, do we think he can be redeemed? No, let's kill the ghost. Okay. You punch the shadow dagger into the ghost. Upon contact, the dagger and the ghost both begin to fizzle. A tendril of darkness reaches out from dark and consumes the ghost power. Perform ritual. Perform ritual, whatever that means. With the urgent matters taken care of, dog allows time to resume. The snow outside blows in the wind. The conveyor belt drops the animal safely onto the floor. Dog shudders, casts a cloud of shadows, and then begins walking towards the animals. You follow after her. From among the animals, Dog gently uses her mouth to pick out an unmoving mouse, an unmoving robot, and an unmoving bird. She brings them aside to you. Dog sits nearby with the ethereomorgification scepter, ready to assist returning the souls. Return the mouse, Pine. The soul of Pine leaves your body and returns to the mouse. The mouse's nose twitches. The soul of Zix leaves your body and returns to the robot. You hear the internal words of the machinery starting to come back online. The soul of Ill leaves your body and returns to the bird. Her plumage begins to rise and fall, letting out gentle songs in her sleep. Bird. And we can now return them to Mirrorburg. Dog opens individual portals below each of the animals and sends them back to who they belong with. Dog then drops you and herself through a portal as well. I guess the ghost is not important anymore. Just leaving that? Yeah, we just killed the ghost. Oh yeah, but still, like... I don't know. <laughs> you see the city hall, where the townsfolk have put away the pitchforks and many happy reunions are taking place, which... With... It's probably supposed to say with, right? Yeah, probably. Okay. With much nuzzling and praise and excitement. You see the saloon, where all that same stuff is happening, but with tons of beer also. You see Mirabrook Park, where Pete has parked his RV where many city council member lavenders have been waiting outside their house, and Restel came to watch the now-closed portal. I love how many lavenders there are. Yeah, there are many. How many? Like 20? I don't know. <laughs> you and Dog watch for a bit as these people celebrate their animals, dancing and roughhousing, singing and cooing, and happily but calmly feeding some appreciated cereal. Return home. Dog drops you... Drops you and herself through a portal directly into bed. The two of you have a tasteful makeout sesh. Damn. She is she is super great to kiss with. Just her dog tongue up up all up in your mouth all day, every day, yes please. But then when that's done, the two of you snuggle in together her with one another and fall asleep. Like is there no one gonna say thank you? No thank you. Or, you know, you're welcome. We don't need to th- we don't need to be thanked. I do. I need that. I need to be thanked. Well, anyway, let's catch some Z's. Z, Z, Z. Z, Z, Z. 
continue. Okay, we can continue sleeping or stop. Okay, let's stop sleeping. Barn. You and Dog stand in a barn. The smell of forest droppings fills the air. After all that happened yesterday, you and Dog have made a day trip to the farm um, north outside of town. Just put a celebratory sticker down. Sure. That's just different Vinci stalls. Yep. Um, sure. Wall of Vinci, the 18th stall. You slap a bestiality stick onto the wall of Vinci, 18th stall. This born wall, uh, born's walls could talk. They would say they've seen it before. <laughs> you slap a lick dog pussy sticker onto the wall of, of Vinci, the 19th stall. It seems to get an appraising, an approving horsey laugh from Vinci the 19th. Great. You slap a like dog pussy sticker onto the wall of Vinci the 20th stall. Um, he's not inside right now, but he will probably be pleasantly surprised when he sees it. You slap a let's get naughty sticker onto the wall of the currently unclaimed stall. Members of the Vinci family who have moved away sometimes use the stall when they return for a visit. Any of those who can read or are good with pictures will approve of this new decor. Yeah. Okay. Let's look around the space in general. This one serves as a cozy shelter for a few of the farm's horses and features four horse stalls, a pair against the north wall and a pair against the south wall. None of the stalls have doors. Eventually, the um, 18th, a non-stalking... Stalking? A non-talking stallion, and Vinci the 19th, a non-talking mare, stand in the stalls. There's a wooden ladder leading up to the loft above. The east is the open barn door which leads out to the pasture, where the sound of a guitar being played can be heard. To the west, the barn's back door leads out to a small clearing. There's a bestiality sticker on the wall of um, Vinci the... Oh, those are just our stickers. Okay. Yeah. Um... Sure, let's pet Vinci the um, 18th. Alright. You go to the stallion and pet him for a bit. Um, You go to the mare and pet her for a bit. Sure, we have pet them. Okay. Um, Let's go to the pasture. Whatever. You and dogs stand in the pasture where a pleasant breeze blows by. The smell of grass fills the air. This wide open pasture has a herd of cattle grazing far off, tended to by a couple of dogs. Vinci the 20th is losing uh, losing, nosing at some grass nearby. City council member Lavender sits in a rocking chair beside the barn door, finger-picking on a guitar. It's the second rocking chair beside him. To the west is the open barn door, which leads back into the barn. We will not... Let's talk to Vinci the 20th. We can talk to Vinci, but not Lavender. I don't like Lavender. <laughs> you and Doug approach Vinci the 20th. He continues his business of nosing at the grass. Pet. You pet Vinci the 20th for a while. As the breeze blows and Lavender plays guitar nearby, Vinci the 20th appreciates it and is having a pleasant day. Oh shit, bio. Um, okay, Vinci the 20th. Form horse, gender stallion, relationship status, husband to Vinci the 18th and Vinci the 19th. Um, this talking stallion is the previous mayor of Mirabuck, but has retired from that work to mind the farm instead. He enjoys a loving relationship with us. Brother and husband? Yo, shit, incest. Uh, Vinci the 18th and his cousin slash wife, Vinci the 19th. Damn. Anyway, but understands that you fool around with them too and is happy for all of you. He knows you're good with horses and they enjoy your visits. 
Since retiring from the role of mayor, he has taken a vow of silence, which he only breaks on the day leading up to the new moon, which is not today. Okay, incest horses, yoo Woo. Or whatever. Um, yeah. Let's leave the horse and go to the, I don't know, climb the ladder up to the loft in the barn. Sure. Um, yeah. You climb up the ladder into the loft, carrying dog who wag dog with who wags loft you and dog stand in a loft with where various tools are stored the smell of hay fills the air a w- window here looks out into the south where miles away you can see it the glint of mirrorberg shining in the sunlight stashed among the tools up here is a photo book the ladder leads down to the barn floor your photo book this book is full of pictures resting in laminated sleeves the pictures are mostly taken by Dog, of you doing work around the farm. There are a couple of landscape photos as well, taken during some long hikes, that you and Dog have gone on around here. There's that. Uh, there's one picture Dog took of you and her snuggling. You are asleep and drooling on her. She appears amused and eager to document the moment, based on the blur in the photo of her tail wagging. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Um, let's leave this and exit. Um, the small door best to the clearing. Um, you and Dog stand in a private little place behind the barn. The smell of the nearby forest comes through on the air. Alright. Um, Alright, just beyond the small clearing is the forest that this farm is nestled among. You can hear the birds chirping. Nobody is back here but you and Dog. To the east is a small door leading back into the barn. We can appreciate the sunlight, appreciate the smells, or snuggle with Doug in the sun and do a big celebrity kiss with her, revealing in humanoid on dog form and dog affections and sharing loving gestures across species end of the game. Uh, let's appreciate the sunlight. The sun feels right. warm and nice, and it shines down on you. Just, this part of the game kind of makes you sad. I, I want to be there. I love farms. Yeah. <laughs> it's that melancholic feeling. Kneel down yeah. and bury your nose against Dog's scruff and take a big sniff of her. Okay. Um, can we put the sticker before we go? Yeah, on the door. You slap a let's get knocky stick on the door. You have truly made your mark on this world. Snuggle with Dog in the sun and do a big slobbery kiss with her, reveling in humanoid and dog affections and sharing love, loving gestures across species and the game. You and Dog... Sh- Share a big celebrity kiss, and then settle down into the grass together to snuggle in the warmth of the sun. That's the game. And that is the end. Yeah, We did it. So, Brass, what did you think of the game? It was very fun. I enjoyed it. I like the zooey bits. I did as well. I like zoos. I like zoo files. Yeah. Big old stinky ones. Eggshell put a lot of time and effort into this. Yeah, I love it. And if you... And if you guys want to play it for yourself, we will have the game up on the site. If I figure out how. Right, so, yeah. I mean, we can probably just like pl- place the link to it in the description or something. That too. <laughs> the, the ending still made me emotional. Just the way it's written. God, yeah. it makes me miss working with horses. Ugh. Hate everything. <laughs> the, the incestuous mayor horse. No, not that part. <laughs> Mainly <just> farms, <laughs> summer... Ugh. Ugh, I want to be there. <laughs> okay, um, it took us about a bit over three hours to finish this game. It's pretty long for a Sound Me yeah. episode. 
Of course, you could just like speed run through it if you really wanted to, but you know, why would you do that when you can put stickers? Um, who's your favorite character? Okay. Hey, hold on. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Oh, You're still hard. All right, I'm back. <laughs> Sorry. I actually still heard you. But how? I don't know. I heard you very quietly. I just I, heard my mic hey. was muted. Yeah, but I still heard something. Oh no, that was that was my mom coming to tell me that there were karma rolls. No, I heard something after you muted yourself. I didn't say the word "hey," so I don't know what. Huh? Was it like one of your neighbors? No, I'm pretty sure, and it's in the recording. Anyway, um, okay. Who's your favorite character? Uh, I have to say, dog. Dog's cool. Although, though, uh, town drunk Pete was pretty fun. I like Jenny. Not enough Jenny content. So when are we expecting a sequel? Uh, I'll have to. I'll have to ask. Sure. I heard that's releasing next week. <laughs> it, it it took took uh, eggshell like a month or so to make this, so I don't think it's going to be releasing the week after. What if she already worked on it? What if it's already done? I don't know. Given that I was kept pretty up to date on the development, I don't think it is. Why were you and not I? Because as uh, she told me, she was t- telling me about it as we were talking on call. We we talk on call. Okay, a lot great. A lot. Anyway, wow, you really hate me. Anyway, um, this is the end of the episode. Now get out of here. There's nothing left. <laughs> Fuck off. Go kiss dogs. <laughs> Um, okay, bye. Say bye, Brass. Oh, shit, the socials. Oh, oh yes. Okay, Twitter, at Zoo and Me. Mine is at the Brass Bulldog. Akito's is at Akito the Zoo. Our email is at is uh, Zoo and Me at Proton.me. Our PayPal is the PayPal slash slash whatever the fuck. PayPal? Zoo and me. No, <laughs> PayPal.me slash Zoo and Me. Yeah, that. Anyway. The Tumblers. Tumblers are the same as Twitter. Our amazing website. Zooant.me. It is the absolute best test uh like URL there. It's the worst there. actually. How could you say that? Okay, fine, it's pretty good. Bye! Bye. Bye. Uh-